0: Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right, teams will be getting back out on the diamond this week. Last year's season sure was different, but that doesn't mean it lacked excitement and this year is poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament, UFC, as well as hockey, basketball, and all other sports. With millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there's no better place to play or to have skin in the game than with the best sports. Sports Daily Fantasy app in DraftKings. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. (music) We'll <music>
1: Breaking news on the goaltending front. Connor McDavid avoids suspension as well. Oh boy, we got a lot to get to. It's a Wild Wednesday World Hockey Report. Brought to you by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Now open in Edmonton, Alberta on St. Albert Trail Northwest. It's Cody Jansen, Adam Urban Trail with you this morning. Of course, connect with us on Twitter at any time. At World Hockey RPT tends to get to on the show what's your thoughts on mcdavid tweet at us let us know anytime we got the kid adam Trout with us over in saskatchewan snap it over there what's up buddy how's it going
2: good man just you know grinding it was like minus 30 not minus 30 there's a ton of snow and wind the other day and it's plus 17 the next so we're we're almost there
1: we did get a bunch of snow but it's all gone now it was so windy there for that like Mm. day and a bit oh man just brutal you can't even go outside. It hurts your ears. Yeah, it's it's terrible, man. Not even golf season yet either. A ton to get to on the show today. How much hockey you've been watching? You've been all over it on Twitter though. You're watching every game,
2: aren't you? Yeah, man. Pretty much every night, you know, five and the time change is great, right? Five o'clock hits now and it's just sit down, pit in, watch hockey. I mean, I'm kind of sick of watching the flames and whoever they're playing, but for the most part it's it's been good.
1: Well, let's get to some breaking news. This is uh, per Pierre Lebrun here. He's hearing that the Florida Panthers are close to signing Spencer Knight, college goaltender, college stud, world junior gold medalist. I think he played in three world juniors, too. He's the 13th overall pick back in 2019, supposed to happen today or tomorrow. That's big. That's going to bring up some goaltending controversy. I mean, I know Bobrovsky had been playing a little better of recent. Dreger's kind of taken over a half ass starting role there. So now they're gonna have a three headed monster. I would assume he goes to the taxi squad. But again, I don't know how how does it work? So if they move Babronski to the taxi squad, does his money not count against the cap?
2: Oh no, it does. Oh really? Like it yeah. Yeah. I thought
1: does. there I thought there was like something that like you could like move them and their money doesn't count against the cap.
2: I don't think so, because then okay. the Oilers would be have six free million bucks for James Neal.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, cut that one out, James. I thought there was some way around it. Let's move on, though. Uh, I guess let's get your thoughts on Knight, though. Like, I mean, American League, I would assume to start for him. Like, okay, obviously, he's one of the best college goaltenders of the past half decade, decade, to say the least. I don't think he's NHL ready, though. I mean, he struggled a little bit, college hockey playoffs. World juniors, he was good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not NHL ready. He's still
2: years away. None I mean goalies take a couple extra years obviously and even going back to the draft pick I think a lot of people thought Knight might go in the top 10 I think Buffalo was a team that a lot of people thought he could go to and it just got to a point in the draft where you're like if we're going to take a franchise goalie like we we might as well take him but Florida took him and everyone's like oh like you kind of have Bobrovsky or they were going to sign Bobrovsky I forgot the timing on it but as soon as the draft pick was made everyone's like so like what's the what's the thinking here and now you look at chris streger who's played unreal this year and he's going to be a ufa and yeah i i don't really get it and if they're signing Knights, i don't know if they're just burning a year for him to go play in the ahl right and the same thing minnesota's going to sign matt boldy and sure he's going to go to iowa but i don't think it's for him to stay in iowa for for a couple months right like i I'd assume they expect these guys to be impact players, and I guess we'll see where it goes. But the Bobrovsky contract, like six months after it was signed, it's amongst the worst in the NHL.
1: Here's the thing with Knight that gets me
2: is if if he is going
1: to be jumping right into the NHL, which very well could happen, it's going to be in a backup role to Bobrovsky, and they're going to be moving a guy like Dreger at the deadline for some assets because this season's, is it a write-off now, Adam? Can we call it that? Barkov's out, Ekblad's out for the season. I mean, it, it's not like they have a legitimate Stanley Cup chance anymore. They're missing too many pieces. They're battling too many elements. It's an off year. Do you try move Drejer? Well, he's got a lot of value. He's going to be a UFA. He's going to sign elsewhere, likely. He knows. What's the point of him signing back in Florida when they're putting all their eggs in the Spencer Knight basket and they've got Bobrovsky, a contract who they can't move? What's the point of him re-signing there? He's going to have better offers elsewhere. So now I think he kind of got to sell off a few assets. And I think Dreger's that guy.
2: No, it's, I agree. It's, it's tough to, to see now, right? Cause they're having such a good year and Ekblad. I mean, losing your number one demon, you don't just replace him by committee or, or whatever they say. And there are teams that will need goalies. I mean, you look at Toronto or something like that. And we'll, we'll get into that with David Alter, but Yeah, it's it's a bit of a risk, I mean, to just bank on a guy who's never played before to to kind of come in and and be that guy for you. But night's good. And I guess we'll see where it goes.
1: I guess we probably could have uh, got to some of our guests for today here coming up in about 35 minutes. David Alter, Toronto Maple Leafs reporter, going to join this show as well as Anthony Sanfilippo, Philippo. Something like that. Flyers writer. I'm not good with names. uh Flyers writer for Crossing Broad, co host Snow the Goalie. Go check that out. It's actually a great podcast at Snow the Goalie. Go check it out on Twitter. We'll talk Flyers with him, maybe some Carter Hart. Oh, man. I can't even skip over this, Adam. I got to get this rant out. Who's that clown in Philly? I got it screenshotted here. Sam Carciti. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah. writer? Yeah. What a loser. And I mean, hey, I'm not here just to call people a piece of shit for fun. That's such a scumbag move. You're such a loser if you're going to dive into your source bin and start writing articles about mental health where you're not getting comments from the player, his sports psychologist, anything like that. You're actually such an asshat even to dive into that. I mean, mental health is no joke. And this guy is exploiting a person, you know, a, a young NHL player. For mental health and you know just for clicks i mean what a scumbag if you're sam carchidi i mean i'm not one to you know say anything too rude but if i'm in a parking lot and i see his car i'm probably gonna hit it you know that's that's a scumbag move and i don't know i mean I, i i hope that no one answers any of his questions ever again if i'm a philadelphia flyers player I hope that, is that the same guy who
2: Vorchek called out? No, no? it's, no, that guy's name was Mike or something.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I don't know what it is about Flyers Media. Maybe we'll get into that later, but what a scumbag. I mean, you're such a piece of shit. If that's what you're writing and you're not going to name any sources, you're just going to go off of a whim. Like, I don't know. I mean, talk about TMZ clickbait shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think you, you hit it on the head there, so. McDavid suspension um, <laughs> gets five grand. I don't know. Kind of goes out of his way. Looked pretty angry. I guess. Whatever. Mask
1: guy Adam comes out. Of the yeah. What are your works.
2: What are your thoughts on it?
1: Okay. Here's the thing, and I, I got to give a shout out. I think uh, Tyler Cool off the Cool Show was talking about this as well for another suspension. As he goes, before you make your decision, swap or swap the players in that situation. So if it's Cock and Yemi hitting McDavid, what does he get? You know, is it is it a different standard? If it's, you know, if it's someone hitting McDavid like that, it doesn't matter who it is, what's the standard going to be set? And I don't think it's a five grand fine, dude. I don't. I don't. I think it's one or two games. And I'm not saying it's the dirtiest hit in the world, but they got to hold everyone to the same standard. A five grand fine's a joke. It's a drop in the bucket for McDavid. It's nothing. I mean, that's cheaper than his couch. You know, it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think a one or two game suspension would send a precedent of like, Hey, you can't do this again. Five grand bro. whatever. I'll take a run out of next game too.
2: Yeah. Um, I see it from both sides. I mean, but if you also use that comparison, but it's say if that was, I don't know, Jujar Kara on the Oilers hitting cocky and then nobody's probably talking about it. Right. They're just like, Oh, okay. So there's that. And also, I mean, you're, you're kidding yourself these days if you don't think that a guy gets this or there's a five-minute major in hockey only if a guy gets hurt, right? Like if the guy's laying on yeah. the ice there hurt, it's it's a five. If he's not, then it's probably a two-minute penalty, right? And usually no suspension. So looking at the McDavid hit, I it's hard to tell if he rose up on it, like it was shoulder to shoulder, and he ended up hitting him in the face. Like I don't know. But if you look at it, the point of impact with like the speed – no, they're just like kind of standing still almost. He just like kind of got an elbow up, I guess. And you look at guys, you like those clear headshots where guys are going million miles an hour, skating down the ice, and then they they elbow a guy in the face. It wasn't that. It was just McDavid kind of being frustrated, saying, "Hey, I'm going to hit this guy center ice. It's not close to the board. so it could have been a suspension." Like I, I we've talked about this how many times? Like the finding a guy five grand, like it's I I don't really get it um but yeah it could have been a suspension am I gonna go crazy that it wasn't no like
1: that's that's totally fair and I mean you can you can dive into your tweet if you want and how he made money for his penalty I think people can go check that out yeah at uh World Hockey RPT we're not gonna put Adam through the gauntlet here on a Wednesday morning (sighs) It's just that that it's kind of frustrating because you see both sides of the spectrum. And this is such an Edmonton media thing where some people are going to be like, oh, it's not even a two minute penalty. And other people, you know, if you talk to a Montreal media member, they're going to want him gone for five games. It's a very tough one, Adam. And I, I think this is where toughness comes in. And I agree well, with anyone who says we don't want to see Connor McDavid fighting. How did no one go and try fight him for that? How did no one think of like, I'm just going to go jump Connor McDavid while I got a chance. He just laid a chintzy hit. I mean, that's a greasy hit on Cockney Emmy, like it or not. That's a hard hit on an up and coming star from Montreal. How did like, Josh Anderson, you want to be a tough guy. Why fight the third pairing six, seven D man on the Edmonton Oilers? Take a run out of McDavid right there. At least you're going top line for top line for a trade off. But someone actually did something. You're not just gifting someone a fight because. Yeah, that's what frustrates me and I get it everyone's going Cody don't 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 encourage fighting don't send guys after Connor McDavid I don't care knock his teeth in. you're gonna lay a dirty hit on one of my teammates yeah you deserve to eat a cross check in the face you deserve to take a couple of knuckles I don't know that's how hockey should be played
2: yeah here's the I actually heard a story kind of similar to this the other day where it's like somebody was saying I think might have been on overdrive Jay McLennan or something where a guy on Vancouver hit Gretzky and he like ran Gretzky and whatever. And I guess the guy went in the room and messy and those guys are like, don't touch Gretzky. Like, do you know how much money he's made us? Do you know how much money he's made this league? Like, don't touch him. Don't do anything to hurt him. So, I mean, there could definitely be an unwritten rule on hitting star players and going back. But if a guy hits your teammate, especially a young guy like that up high, you could probably go in two hand or grab him or something. But then if you do, but then if you do that, then you're probably you're not going to get him. You're going to get a piece of like Darnell Nurse or something like that, or Cassian. So I don't. Dude, at that it's point a tough, it's
1: worth it. Yeah. It's literally, I, and I get it. I, I hate to be like, oh, you got to go beat the wheels off him. Doesn't matter if it's McDavid. Doesn't matter who it is. If it's Crosby, you go. You get a couple of shots in. I mean, he knows he's. You he should know what's coming. And then sure, Darnell, nurse, whatever, someone's gonna want a PC, whatever, you might have to take one or two. At that point, it's worth it. You just stuck up for a teammate. I hope you would earn his respect because the Habs, I mean, they don't earn my respect after that. You just had one of your stars get hit, borderline, dirty, and they did nothing. They did nothing. That's that's as soft as pudding as it comes. Hey, we're diving into NHL news for pro rock hockey sticks, pro rock hockey sticks, Canadian company changing the way we buy hockey sticks now. What's the number one problem you face when buying a top-of-the-line hockey stick? Well, they cost 350-plus bucks, which is wild. ProRock top-of-the-line stick weighing around 400 grams at the best price point possible. Check them out today, ProRock.com. That's P-R-O-R-O-C-C.com. com. It's Lord Kowal auto parts as well presenting world hockey report we got so much NHL news to get into and we just burned 14 minutes right there we will get into some of your responses to that mcdavid hit there was a lot of good ones on twitter hit us up anytime at world hockey rpt we had one of the funniest videos of the year as well pierre dorian chucking oh, yeah. his coffee dude who chucks a full
2: coffee in a booth yeah i <laughs> i saw that and i was like you took Toronto to overtime. Good for you. Like, I mean, yeah. you're like, what's he mad about?
1: By, what was yeah. he mad about? You're there, the I mean, Senators.
2: Coaches and GMs are a different breed. Like there's, if they win a game, they're pumped up to to no belief. And if they lose a game, they're, they think they're going to lose their job in three hours. So it's, that's, like, that's,
1: Co- that's coach Adam in the Gemini arenas after his midget B team yeah. loses three, two. Tournament, tournament bronze medal game chucking coffees around the place
2: yeah i So that that was a little much but
1: oh I, we had a couple yeah. of trades as well uh brendan lemieux goes from the rangers to la for a fourth round pick that seems like a steal man who doesn't want lemieux on their team come playoff time
2: yeah and i that's what i thought too and if you look that's, at that's the, like the
1: only grit on the rangers
2: i know and if you look at the little play in they had with carolina last year he was probably i think he was he was suspended, I think, at the start. And he came in and he made an immediate impact while well, guys like Panarin and Sabinajad, they're perimeter guys who weren't gonna take you really into the fight. So I mean, I don't I don't really get the Rangers point. Like I understand that they had some good performances from guys like D Giuseppe and Colin Blackwell and stuff like that. But come playoff time, you're gonna be like, damn, I wish we had Brennan Lemieux.
1: Great move by the the Kings too. A fourth rounder. That's a steal. Uh, that's pretty much as much as um, Montreal pay for Eric Stahl, too. Like a third yeah, and a why. fifth for Eric Stahl. What's Montreal really getting out of this? I mean, they're just going to maybe push the first round of playoffs a little longer. Like, like what was the, really the point? Eric Stahl, I feel bad for the guy. He's got to move. his. Well, I don't feel bad for anyone leaving Buffalo, but like you got to like move your family
2: kind his of family's not with him even.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah. They're so you, you're still. away from your family to lose out in the first round. Yeah,
2: I'm sorry. And for Montreal too, it seems like they have so many players. Like they can't find enough room for like Corey Perry. Michael leak played his first game in over a year yesterday, and now they get Eric Stahl And wonder
1: what his agent thinks of that. Yeah, and
2: and now and now Cole Caulfield. Like once again, they're burning a year off his contract. Probably not for him to play in Laval. And you look at their right side with Armia, Perry, Gallagher, Josh Anderson, to Foley. It's like (laughs) where's Caulfield fit in? And now. Down the middle, Dano, Kokinemi, Suzuki, Eric. Like is Eric Stall going on their fourth line? Is cocky, like I, I don't know. It seems like they have so oh, many. I thought they were going to
1: be sellers at the deadline. I thought they kind of went through this slump. You know, they changed coaches. I know I, you can say what you want about Bergman. I thought they might be like, well, maybe we get rid of Foley while he's got
2: value. Like maybe we sort of do a well, rebuild in the here. playoffs, like, I mean, the North Division playoffs or, are pretty much set, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, but like they're in the playoffs for what? They're not a Stanley Cup contender. They're not a serious contender. They'll be lucky to win one round.
2: No, and I I think that they're they could be getting to a really weird place where guys like Price and Weber are, are on the, the wrong side of thirty, and they're waiting for Kaukinen, Suzuki, and Caulfield to kind of come in and make a difference. But like. And we'll get to, this is kind of like the Flyers mentality, too, where your best players are kind of on the way out where your young guys aren't quite there yet. 100%. 100%.
1: Uh, any quick thoughts on the Blues here? They, like,
2: like, they I, suck. They suck.
1: And they, they just... They,
2: yeah, go they for it. Have, it go for they it. have no identity. Like, I mean, you look at their... And, I mean, they, they have had some injuries with Pareko and stuff, but they thought... As soon as Doug Armstrong made that Justin Falk trade, I was like... Petrangelo's gone and sure enough he was and for the Carolina Hurricanes number four or five defenseman to to do that it was weird and you look at their D in the past like big strong like Pareko, Bomeister, Joel Edmondson Petrangelo and now it's like Tori Krug and Justin Falk and they have no identity and I mean Braden Shen's having a hell of a year, Ryan O'Reilly's still a stud, Jordan Kyger's having a good year but they just I they seem to have kind of lost their identity of like being this big, tough team on the back end, too. Right.
1: Who thought it was a good idea? And I don't want to rip Doug Armstrong, Doug Armstrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to rip him too much here, but who thought it was a good idea to be like, look at the team we had and how we played when we won a cup. We were big. We were mean. We were strong. We were fast. We were physical. We played well, good defensively. And then they put this roster together. They they got softer in all aspects. They play worse defense. They're trying to play a skilled offensive style. It's not hard nosed at all. They I don't think they hit. Well, they never as much. they never
2: replaced Steen and Maroon either.
1: Well, I know I know they they literally took so many steps backwards. They just tried to build this skilled fast team after you want to cut by playing normal playoff hockey. Like who thought that was a good idea? it's it doesn't make sense okay we got to get off to a break here though but i do got to tell you lord co auto parts household name in communities across western canada since 1974 trusted place to shop for all your automotive needs lord co proudly canadian owned and operated and now they finally come to edmonton carrying much more than just car parts their newest store on st Albert trail northwest huge selection of aftermarket auto parts and accessories and a dedicated truck center whether you're looking for high performance parts shop equipment paint body supplies outdoor gear whatever you need to get your rv on the road or boat on the water lord co has got you covered driven to keep you moving lord co auto parts open seven days a week visit them today for an exceptional customer experience or learn more about their products and services at lordco.com already right, it's world hockey report cody jansen adam ermantrell with you on 12 ounce sports we're gonna talk flyers after the break easily one of the worst teams of the past month in the NHL, the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to get to them in a little bit. Hey, it's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen Adam Trout with you. It's presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the one-stop shop for quality RV, car, truck, or marine parts and accessories. We are going to talk Flyers in a little bit. Just trying to connect with our guest here, producer James, doing some good work behind the scenes. We're going to figure this thing out. I wanted to get to a couple of comments, Adam. We're not going to let you talk just yet, but there were some good comments. I mean, we asked about Flyers suspension the mcdavid hit we gave our two cents there was a couple of good comments though uh james brinkman hit us up on twitter said suspension's got to be firm even if it's only for a game or two quinn donovan said do we have any other camera angles well we just tweeted a gif i mean you can search them and find them yourself if you want michael opposite says suspension if there was contact to the head you got to call it across the board Trent says, I mean, he takes a run out of the guy, throws a direct elbow right to his face. It has to be at least one game, in my opinion. I don't know. Was it a direct elbow to the face? I don't really think so as much. Vegas Dean, he definitely uncorked an elbow into the shoulder. Is it shoulder head? Adam, where do you, like, I, I think he kind of followed through and it went into the Yeah, head. I,
2: I think it's one of those classics, like maybe point of contact was a shoulder, but he definitely got him up high.
1: Yeah, I agree with that one as well. Uh, James says neither. Well, he got a $5,000 fine. Absolutely. Penalties. Or peanuts. Peanuts for him. Uh, Mike Kloss says probably nothing. Looks like Kakademi was laughing right after. I don't know. I didn't see that. Uh, Gabe Hughes says both. David Brass, one-game suspension. I think we're pretty much on board. Hey, appreciate everyone chiming in here. It's World Honky Report. Follow us on Twitter at World RPT. I'm on Twitter at Janet31. Adam's there at A. Erman Trout. Let's talk. I mean, we, we we dove into the blues, how bad they've been. Let's talk a little flyers before we uh, get our guest on here. Carter Hart, you are one that keeps saying send him down to the minors. Let him get his confidence. Send him down to the minors. I have to disagree. I think that. The Miners might, not to say he's got an ego, he's a great guy. I've met him before, skated over summer. I think that a little bit comes down to terrible defense and no confidence. I don't think you really get your confidence back in the Miners playing against American Leaguers, especially this year when it's weaker than normal. I think it comes down to a lot of coaching. Being fully honest with you, their style of play, their coach totally lost the room. They're not playing well defensively. They're not breaking down. They're not covering guys. They are half-assing it all out there. And again, your goalie's struggling. What do you do? you got to play better defensively. They're doing the exact opposite.
2: Yeah. uh. Well, they have one pair. That's a combined minus 26 with Phil Myers and Travis Sandheim, And then Nolan Patrick's a minus 20 this year. So, yeah, I I don't know. You you look at some of the goals and some of them are bad goals. Like I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, some of them are bad, but some of them like backdoor taps, and so then as soon as that you're you're like sitting in the net, you're like, well, what the hell is this? And then, like I mean, it's it's tough for him, but at the same time, if you go back a couple of years ago, St. Louis told Jake Allen to stay home when they went to Winnipeg. They're like, yeah, just stay home. You're not playing well. Just stay home or whatever. And Sure enough, he he came back and he played really well. And I think that almost turned his career around. And look, Elaine Vigneault healthy scratching Carter Hart and just being like, Hey, uh, you're not working hard enough, you're gonna work with the goalie coach. I don't really get that one. Like, are you trying to light a fire under him to work harder? And from every everything I've heard and you've heard, he's a very hard working guy. You don't just get to the NHL at age twenty or twenty one by being lazy. So it's Interesting. I mean, the the weird part is I don't know how they thought that Brian Elliott was gonna like steal the show in Philly for them. They kind of doubled down on him, and I don't know. Like he wasn't great in Calgary, and then they're like, okay, hey, we'll just we'll just go back to Brian Elliott here. And I mean, that's not really a tandem guy you'd want with a young goalie, I don't think.
1: Do they go out and I don't know. They like, said I, Bernier I, today. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of names: Bernier, Reimer. But what does that help? I mean, they chuck a guy like Gossespierre on waivers. What's your plan now? What's your plan with these old forwards who clearly can't get it done? you got to, at one point in time, shake up this team, say, hey, we're not where we need to be. We're a little top-heavy, and we we got to figure out a new formula here. Something's got to change in Philly. It, it can't just be, well, we're good enough. We're good enough to be okay. we got a couple of good pieces. We might win a couple of 4-3 games against the Buffalo Sabres. That doesn't help anyone. That doesn't help anyone develop. Look at how well the New Jersey Devils have adapted their game to play defensively in front of Mackenzie Blackwood when, you know, that's a guy who all of a sudden everyone's going, oh, he's he's great. He's doing this. He's doing that. Look at the quality of shots he's getting. And look at the quality of shots that teams are getting against Philadelphia. It's night and day, dude.
2: It's wild. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at their division, it's almost set for playoffs, right? I mean, Pittsburgh's won four in a row. The Islanders and Capitals are locked in, and and Boston's played two less games, and they're still three points up. So it's it's hard to see in Philly's schedule. They play Buffalo once more. Then it's Islanders, Bruins. Oh, they play Buffalo twice more. It's like Islanders, Bruins, Capitals, Pittsburgh. So a lot of tough games are not really any freebies. Um, yeah, as, as we said, though, if you look at their roster, Claude Giroux. 32. Van Riemsdyk's 31. Voracek's 31. Like I mean, oh, they're on
1: the wrong side of 30. As you said, they're on their back nine. This is a on, team that's not made for the the Stanley Cup playoffs anymore. They're not made for a cup run. At one point in time, you got to say, hey, are we just worried about loyalty and letting these guys ride off into the sunset if that means five more years of misery, or are we going to try build an actual damn hockey team around one of the best young goaltenders in the world? You got to figure it out. And I get it. Carter Hart's in some. Yeah, Provorov too. I who knows how old that guy is, but you know, depends on what his passport says. Oh man, there's so many funny stories about that. We won't get into it. But you got Carter Hart, you got one of the best young goaltenders in the world, and right now you're just procrastinating it because you're not actually building a hockey team around him. You're just keeping twenty guys on the ice to keep them happy. I don't know, Elaine Vigneault, like that that whole team, that whole organization, they gotta figure something out here because it is not good enough. Already, Adam. I'll let you uh, think about our next NHL news topic here, but of course, back for another season of hockey. Our great friends at Coco Vanka Cocoa Rum, the best drink you'll ever have on more shelves than ever across Alberta. New cans coming soon, too. Some tall boys, blue rum cans now made right here. And the Great White North. Professionally different. Cocoa vodka, cocoa rum, vacation in a can. Flavors coming out soon lime and pineapple. Enjoy the cocoa life with us. High quality ingredients, no fillers, no beer bloat, no cheap liquor. Cocoa vodka, cocoa rum, the real deal. What else do you got for us, Adam?
2: Uh, You, you had an interesting tweet about Jeopardy.
1: Oh, and, I did. And, yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to be hosting. I mean, say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but whatever. It's still cool to see some celebrity hosts. I've always been a Jeopardy guy. I know not everyone's a Jeopardy guy. That's totally fine. I wanted to know, though, Adam, and I'll I'll toss it over to you. If you could pick one, let's say one current and one former player. Tell us Jeopardy. Who are you picking?
2: Um... I kind of want to go off the board because everybody would be like Keith Yandel, and yeah, that'd be hilarious. Like we we see a lot of them. Um, Ovechkin oh, seems like he's funny just because he doesn't really know what's going on or, or care. Um, yeah. Phil Kessel seemed like a classic answer just because it's like, eh, Phil Phil Kessel. So one of those three guys but if I had to pick like malkin or ovechkin or something like that really you'd go Russian and see I was thinking that for my Malkin's hilarious player. if you've actually like seen his interviews and like seen some of his YouTube clips he's like a funny dude just because he's he kind of has broken English but he like tries pretty hard
1: yeah that's fair who'd be your former player?
2: Oof. uh yeah I, I think everybody would say Brett Hall. Yeah, Holly's good.
1: What an interview by Cam and Strick. If you haven't listened to that podcast, shout out to them. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, honestly, when I say podcast of the year, that's no bullshit. I mean, it is good. Like Brett Hall opens up, he doesn't hold anything back. I loved it. I loved it. So shout out Cam, Andy Strickland, both friends of the show. Maybe I'll have to get them on to talk about the Blues and how big of a dumpster fire they are, but. Great interview with Hully there. Okay, so what I was thinking for... I'll start with former player. And I get it. This guy, maybe not the best host, but Ilya Brzgalov. Funny guy, a little quirky, a little interesting. I think he would be pretty good in that sense. Um, But then current players... I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be funny to see like Brad Marchand host the show. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like a guy like that, maybe a marc Andre Fleury. You know, those. There's a two. weird
2: after the the Bruins and uh, Sabers game on on Saturday. There was like some weird Sportsnet thing where it was like Brad Marchand, Brandon Carlo, and Kevin Miller going fishing, and like it was just a video of them fishing or whatever. And it was actually like, kind of funny, and you could see like. Marshan definitely knows that he's he's kind of a hated guy amongst the league league, yeah. but he plays he kind of plays the card pretty good.
1: 100, and he's got to do it. Let's get to some of your answers on Twitter here. Of course, hit us up anytime at World Honky RPT. I'm on Twitter at January 31 Adams. There at A Erman Trout, give us a follow. Tyler says Ovechkin highly entertaining. I I agree there. Hart goes with Patrick Kane would be all right. I don't I don't mind Patty Kane. uh Ash says Phil Kessel. Coach Water, Bobby Ryan, Tyler Sagan, and the Ben brothers. All the Hughes brothers. That's like NPK. That's that's like eight people. We wanted one. Coach Waters. Figure it out. Head coach for the Bozeman Ice Dogs. We got to stick with this. Just one answer. Ryan Reeves or Biz Nasty? I was thinking Paul Bissonnette. I was thinking Paul Bissonnette. I think that's kind of a generic one, though. Shout out Ryan McKinney for that answer. Kenyak says Justin Williams. Hutchison for Vesna says uh, Yamamoto or Ryan Reeves. Interesting. I think Revo would be good. I think Revo would be good. Uh, Tampa City of Champions. Oh, maybe maybe we got our guest here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's 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 try one quick. Let's try one for five get, minutes. James. We can get Anthony Sanfilippo. James is working the magic behind here while we just rip off Jeopardy answers. So uh, we we might talk some flyers tomorrow here. Uh, someone else says uh, Alex Kalorn. This one's jaws for bolts. I, I think Lorna would be good. I'm Hello. not a big fan. of Oh, oh there, there he go. is! There he is! It's Anthony Sanfilippo. We got five minutes with you. It's Sanfilippo, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only five minutes. Oh man. Hey, hey we're gonna. I'll do this quick. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Cody and Adam here with you on World Hockey. Board, Anthony Sanfilippo joining us. Flyers writer, co-host of Snow the goalie. Let's talk about those flyers. Adam, hit up with your first question.
2: Yeah, and we're just kind of talking here and there's a bunch of teams like this, but with the Flyers, it's they're in a weird spot, I think, as an organization where their best guys are over thirty and they got some good young pieces, but it doesn't really add up. Just what's your thoughts on the core there and kind of the, the middling roster it's turning out to be?
3: Yeah, I mean I, I think that the, the issue really when you when you look back over the last several years is when Ron Hextall was the GM of this team. He didn't really uh, time it well to have the team be good during the best years of Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek, who were his two best players. Uh, obviously, you knew Sean Couturier was coming, um, and, and he's now their best player. Um, but that, other than that, the, the, the whole concept of drafting young talent and then developing it and making it take five years, six years, got to a point where... Giroux and Vorchek are now on the downside of their careers. And and not that they're bad. They're just not the elite players they were five years ago. Um, and the players that we were promised that were going to be top-end talent that Hexall was drafting, while they're turning out to be NHL caliber, which is, you know, you, you do a good job drafting if you draft NHL players, they are not as good as we were promised. Um, and they're turning out to be more just mediocre players uh, Uh, to to average players. And so it's really not a good mix that the Flyers have right now. And it's going to be a real challenge for Chuck Fletcher to, to get them out of this and and back to a a spot where they can feel they can contend for a Stanley cup again.
1: Well, I got my own issues with Chuck Fletcher, but we'll pass on that Anthony Sanflavo (laughs) here for Cocoa (laughs) vodka, Cocoa rum. What do they do about Carter Hart?
3: What's what's your thoughts there? I don't know if there's anything that they can do in season. Um, you know, Carter's going through a lot of the same things that, that Carey Price went through in his uh, H-22 season, his third year in the NHL. Um, if you remember back to 2010, he really was terrible, and Yarrow Halak kind of took over as the number one goalie for the Canadians and got him to the Eastern Conference Finals where they lost to the Flyers, who eventually lost to the Blackhawks in the Cup. Um, but uh, I think it's something that he needs to work on over the course of an entire off season and really kind of write himself and get back to it. I think the talent is there and I think he'll be okay long-term, but man, in the moment a bad defense and a goalie with no confidence is just a, a, a poor combination to have for a team that thinks it's, it's still kind of in the playoff race. I'll tell you this much guys. Um, they're resting or not resting, but they're, they've kind of pushed, Carter off to the side. He's not even dressing for either of these games in Buffalo this week. I don't think he's going to dress Saturday against the Islanders. Uh, And the Flyers are actually discussing the possibility of trading for another veteran goalie to kind of finish out the season and just let Hart work on his game so that he'll be refreshed come October. 4.04 goals against average is just absolutely dreadful for a kid that a lot of people thought might be in the Vezina conversation this year.
2: Would would sending him to the minors not not work out? Like, what what are your thoughts there?
3: <laughs> they really can't. They really can't do that because he would have to clear waivers. Um, oh, he would. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's part of the issue um, at this point. Um, I, I, so I mean, they might be able to. They might be able to work something out where if you bring somebody else in and he's like your third goalie, uh, they could do maybe a conditioning assignment kind of thing. Yeah. yeah that, Teams have worked that worked the the system a little bit that way, um, but no, I think it's more of a, of a sense of just getting him working with the goalie coach in practices uh, and not have to worry about playing games.
0: I
2: wanna I wanna key in a bit on a guy who I've seen play since he was about 14 or 15 years old, and that's Nolan Patrick, and he's had some shit luck with injuries, but now this year minus 20, he's kind of playing third, fourth line minutes. Just I still think there's a player there,
3: but. There's just something off right now, isn't there? Yeah, it's a disconnect, I think. Um, You know, you watch him play sometimes, and you can see the talent. You can see the skill level. You can see why everybody thought he was the top prospect going into the 16, 17 year prior to the 17 draft. Um, And he goes number two overall, and he just really has not put it together. I I think that sometimes – you know, you can have all that skill and then, you know, you think it becomes easy. The game comes easy to you. And then when you're challenged, it's a matter of figuring out how to then, um, the mental side of the game is figuring out how to apply it. And I don't think that, that Nolan's been able to do that. Um, and, and I'm not certain that he, I'm not certain if he ever will, um, but it, I don't think it's really going to happen in Philly. He, he's really just being moved all around. They're, they're losing confidence in him. I do know that Chuck, uh, but they, when he was talking to Winnipeg earlier in the year about a potential deal for Line A that fell through, um, that Nolan Patrick was part of that deal. Um, they've kind of felt that getting him back into Western Canada is where he feels comfortable, um, and maybe maybe kind of you know jumpstart him there and do what's right for the player. Um, but here in Philadelphia, I don't see how it, I don't see how it works. I don't see where he fits long term. They, they've given him every chance and, and enough rope to kind of. Um, you know, figure it out. And he just isn't. So it might be a guy. He might be a guy that, you know, gets it later in his career and, and turns out to be a really good player somewhere else. And if that's the case, so be it. But I don't think it's ever going to happen in Philadelphia. Hey,
2: hey, they only passed on your high skinning, Kale McCarr and Elias Petterson So there's that. Well,
3: I'll, I'll tell you this, guys, I know with a hundred percent certainty that the scouts um, at, during that draft were uh telling Hextall that they preferred Heiskin and McCar they didn't talk about Pedersen, um but uh, Heiskin and McCar were their, were the, the two names that they wanted to take at number two and Hextall went against his own scouting staff and took Patrick you know, so I mean, had to, that's had to go back kind of, to, yeah, yeah had to go
2: back to Brandon Anthony yeah th- thanks we'll uh, we'll have to get you on for a little longer next time but uh thanks for doing this today and we'll we'll catch up in the future.
3: Yeah, I apologize. I don't know what was going on with my phone, guys. But we'll do this again at some point. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Anthony Sanfilippo, right there, talking
1: uh, Flyers. Let's head off to a break. We're going to talk Leafs next with David Alter. I'm trying to make Leafs writer. It's World Hockey Report. Cody James and Adam Armstrong with you on Twelve Ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co ono Parts. Learn more at LordCo.com. Follow him at Lord Co. Parts on social media. Our next guest for Prolog Hockey Sticks, the absolute best. In affordable professional hockey sticks it's going to be David Alther here Toronto Maple Leafs reporter for the hockey news joining us to talk some north division talk some Leafs David how you doing
4: I'm doing great guys thanks for having me on
2: yeah David thank you um the vibe around the Leafs right now it's always smoke it's Toronto and stuff but there's huge question marks around the goaltending there's question marks around their bottom three or so defensemen and there's question marks all around the forward group. Their left side's a mess. Their third and fourth lines are changing every game. Just What's the vibe around the team right now?
4: Uh, the vibe around the team seems like, uh, apart from the goaltending, they, they're pretty confident with the group that they do have. There's been a lot of adjustments, as you mentioned, with the forward lines and with the defense, but a lot of it is just having to adjust based on the necessity of how often you're playing against these teams that you kind of have to give them different looks because they've adjusted to what you've been throwing at them in the games previous. So I think there's that. Um, and with gold, with goaltending, uh, the health is a concern and uh, with the team right up against the salary cap and trying to accumulate deadline space, Uh, You know, ask anyone who who has an opinion, they'll tell you differently all the time what they should address as opposed to what they could address. So um, the vibe is that, you know, their their playoff spot is pretty secured when you look at the math at everything. But um, health of the goaltending situation has definitely risen to the surface over the last few weeks or so.
1: I wanted to ask about the goaltending because I'm not ready to call Jack Campbell your designated number one when he's played six full games. I think it is. But from your perspective, and Freddie Anderson has gone through some injury trouble, so I don't know, Reagan, I'm a rag on him too much, but do the Leafs play way better in front of Campbell than Anderson, or is that just me, you know, watching my half a dozen Leafs games each year?
4: I, you know, I, I don't know if they've played uh, that much better i think they've adjusted to the fact that there's a new goalie going in net or a different goalie going in net so we've got to, you know play a little bit more down low but uh or up high i guess depending on which side of the puck but um I, i think it's it's been unusual when they when they got frederick anderson five years ago what they really liked about him was his positioning when he's healthy he always kind of was square at the puck, and his position in in the crease was what they really liked about him, and they played well in front of him as a result. The issues with his health has certainly been a problem, and the goaltending on the other side when they've been peppering the opposition with shots and scoring opportunities and high-danger scoring chances are such that they, they haven't liked what they've got, And they're trying to find that proper mix. Campbell's very athletic. He's kind of a throwback in that regard. But uh, his style is such that he's been getting hurt and he's not been able to stay consistent. They want to see what they have in Campbell to see if he's got that potential. But every time they have to throw him back, if he's ailing and hurt again, it's just it's bringing back his progression. It's been a question mark with him. So. Uh, I really think that they're looking for some sort of clarity here. Anderson's going to get another follow-up appointment on his lower body injury to see where he's at tomorrow. And um, uh, look, Jack Campbell's been good when he's been in, but the on-off on-off is one that they don't really know if if he's got what it takes beyond what he's shown them so far.
2: David, I want to ask you about the top six forwards. I'd say there's kind of two pairs, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and then the left side, it's either Hyman or Thornton with the top guys, and then I think Galchenyuk's played pretty well with Tavares and Nylander, but do you see this team, like, like do you, in your opinion, do you think a guy like Michael Granlin really moves a needle or something like that, or Taylor Hall, or, I mean, Kerfoot's obviously the guy who'd be out, but where do you see the top six finishing up kind of come game one of the playoffs?
4: Yeah. You know what? There could be a lot of adjustments there. I do think the Leafs could be served by getting someone like him or someone that does what Hyman does, which is has the ability to score if he's in the right position, but create the time and space for the other two talented forwards on that side. That's that's why Hyman was kind of that regular as a top six for much of his career with the Maple Leafs until uh, this season when they moved him down and and tried different combinations with, with Thornton. They had Simmons move up from the fourth line to the second line at times this season, and they've moved it kind of around. But um, yeah, there, there's been some instability in that spot where getting someone who could be a regular left winger on that side, uh, to complement Hyman, who I think is fine in that spot on the top line, or even when you move him down to the second line, is kind of what they're missing for consistency going into the playoffs uh, for for that top six. Galchenyuk, it's a limited sample size, but you're right, he's looked really good in that spot with Tavares and Nylander, who for much of the season have kind of struggled for even strength production. A lot of it is trying to get guys who will make the space uh, for for the uh, production for those players. When Taveras played, or when Hyman played with Taveras and Marner, there was no issue when it came to production in that spot. So they're really trying to find that delicate mix, and then what you do with the other veterans to make sure they're getting that time is also of consequence. So yeah, they, they, they can definitely be better served by someone who can play in that top six that can at least create the chances for those duos to put up more points.
2: One last one here for you. What does Zach Hyman's next contract look like, and has he priced himself out of Toronto?
4: Well, I know Zach Hyman, his priority would be to stay at Toronto Maple Leaf. Like, it's always been his dream, his spot. He's got business interests that that can kind of offset situations uh, where it's more advantageous for him to stay in Toronto. Uh, that said, I don't think he's interested in taking a hometown discount as well and so he may have priced himself out I think the lease have vehicles and mechanisms where they can kind of uh, make most of his salary through through uh, signing bonuses and things like that that can kind of offset things that they can't provide for him otherwise but if he's looking to hit a home run on what could be his final time to cash in on a big mega money contract, it may be best served by trying to play the market as opposed to Toronto. So, I mean, the number of five, five and a half has been bounded around in terms of what he could get on the free agent market. I don't think Toronto is in that spot. But if they could find other uh, manipulative vehicles within the CBA to make it worth his while, there, there could be something there for him to stay.
1: I got, I got one more for you. I got to cut in here. Do you think the Leafs are happy that uh, they didn't let Nick Robertson go to World Juniors?
4: Oh, uh, well, I mean, I don't know if they're happy or or sad about it. I think it was one of those situations where they were kind of damned if they do or damned if they don't. So I don't think, I think in hindsight, maybe he could have been better served by that. I don't think they expected him to get injured in the very first game he would play this season and then have other injuries after that. So I don't think they regret it because they don't strike me as, as a team that kind of looked at this unusual season as one where they can kind of second guess their decisions it was what it was when they had to make the decision at the time and uh, it's just unfortunate that the injuries that happened afterwards are such that he could have had more reps and maybe been more game ready than he would have been had he played in world juniors
1: Awesome,
2: david yeah
1: thank you so much for making time we appreciate you uh hopping on the show here this morning no problem
4: appreciate it guys
1: David Alter right there, Toronto Maple Leafs reporter for the Hockey News. Okay, let's get to some Quack Stats benching here, uh, before we talk about college hockey, but uh, who are we going to bench today? Adam, for quack stats, the most advanced player tracking technology, who are you sitting?
2: Oh, man. Um... Uh... <laughs> You go, I want you to go first. I'm a (laughs) secret.
1: You're just you're just procrastinating. Here's who's who I'm gonna bench here. And this is going to sound really bad because I don't want to rip on Connor Bedard. But I mean, for everyone being like, oh my goodness, this guy's leading the dub and scoring. Adam, I know you've got ties and I know you can't say it, but the WHL looks weak this year.
4: I've watched I've
1: I've now watched multiple games. It's not the same. It is way different, and there's no way that if this is a regular season, like if this is last year, full fans, actual Western Hockey League hockey, not a chance. Man, i seen him go around for like 10 shifts, and he didn't get touched.
2: Okay, this is is what I'll say on that, and – Feel it's, free. it's very important it's very incredible to see what he's doing um at age 15 like good for him but i'm not saying it's not no, incredible i'm no, just saying I,
1: that there's no chance he's even close to this if they're playing actual western league no,
2: hockey it's not the same not. and if you look at the save percentages of a couple of the teams they're like 850 850 860 in that bubble and Teams are, like the the Prince Albert Raiders were only able to dress one goalie for a couple of games because they, their starter got hurt. So there's that. Another team, I think, Winnipeg starting a guy who was basically cut off to the BCHL last year, but they needed a guy to kind of come in and be a third goalie. And yeah, I mean, good for him to see what he's doing, but you can't tell me that <laughs> what he's... And then you look, he, he played the best team in there in, in Saskatoon and he only had one point on the power play, right? So it's like... Like yeah, it's, it's. I know tough. And that's
1: that's why I said like I'm not trying to like rip this kid a new one. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes here on being like he's ten times the player Shane Wright is. I mean these are comments that people are making on Twitter. People are going he might have a better season than McDavid. You know like let's pump the brakes. Watch watch a dub game this year and watch one in a regular season. Yeah. It's different hockey. It even,
2: is. Even you look at other teams in there. Like you look at some guys who are like thirty point guys last year and all of a sudden they have like. 14 points in eight games or something like that. And they've never, they've never been that. And, you know, so maybe, not...
1: maybe I'll bench the the Western Canadian media instead of Connor Bedard. <laughs> <The time laughs> I don't want to sound too harsh on the kid, but like the, the media that's blown it out of proportion, and you know, exactly who I'm talking about Regina. I mean, let's pump the brakes here, guys. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to bench anyone this week. Yes, uh, yes. Let's talk college hockey. How crazy was that five overtime game? What's the long, or, I mean, what's the longest game you've ever been at seen? You know, like from from your hockey playing um, days,
2: media days. It was it was actually Evan Winniger was in net for the Blazers, 127 minutes. So it's I think the context. That's, no, it was against Moose Jaw. So I think that's uh, fourth, the fourth overtime. Because in the in AAA they do it a little different, where after the third period if it's tied, there's a 10 minute 10 minutes, overtime. Yeah. There's no flood, and then they flood. So it was like pretty much the fourth overtime, I guess. Um yeah, Winnegar is an end. The Blazers won. Um and shout out Lane Peterson was on that team too. And hopefully he's making his debut sometime soon. And yeah.
1: Not, not a big deal. I is, Lane's not actually from Kyle. I just got a bunch of family Yeah, he's there. got a bunch of Great kid. Okay, better than I. MyBookie.ag. 50% deposit bonus when you use promo code 120ZSportsMyBookie.ag. I'm taking the Winnipeg Jets in regulation. I'm sorry. I mean, David Alter, thanks for coming on the show. I don't think the Leafs are doing it tonight. Jets in regulation plus 180. You like it? You going to fade it?
2: No, I like that. Um, I'll also go Minnesota over San Jose. They had a crazy, crazy shootout the other day. Eric Carlson was like eating an apple after the game or whatever, but
1: <laughs> told the media to pound sand basically. Also, shout out to all the Sasky guys in this frozen four. Everyone knows Saskatchewan guys run college hockey. You win games when you're recruited a Saskatchewan. That's how I'm going to end this show. Alrighty, Cody Jans Adam Urban Trout for producer James Sutherland. Thanks to our guests, David Alter, Anthony, San Filipino. Go check them out on Twitter. We're there all the time at WorldHockey RPT. Until next week, everyone, be kind. Be better. World Hockey Report is presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, Coco vodka and Coco Rum,
4: and Quack Stats.